Saludos mi gente, we hope everybody is in good health, and whether you're starting your day or finishing it out, thanks for listening. Today's guest, my sister, the one and only Isabel Torres Rivera. And if you haven't subscribed already, go ahead and subscribe. If you leave a comment, that will help us out immensely. And always share. Thank you very much. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Thank you for taking your time to be here with us. We'll start out with uh, with a, a good memory. What, what has been your happiest memory as a pastor's daughter? Uh, several memories come to mind. The first really sweet memory was when he actually started pastoring in Spanish Harlem in New York. That, that was that gig that they told him, oh, pretende que vas a predicar por dos semanas en una iglesia, and it turned out to be almost two years. So during that time, I happened to get the chicken pox from Pucci. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he, I guess he got them from somebody in school. And I got them, but it happened to be during Easter. And I didn't get to go to church on Easter Sunday. And the Sunday school teacher, um, she sent me a chocolate bunny mm-hmm. for Easter home. And I never forgot that. I never forgot that gesture. And it was the first time that I ever got a chocolate bunny because Easter was in Puerto Rico. And in Puerto Rico, the chocolate bunny does not exist. Right. You know, those are things from from the United States. And I love chocolate. So, hey. And and I had a whole chocolate bunny that was mine. Technically, it was mine, but I shared with everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Was it one of those big ones? It, it wasn't really big. It wasn't really tiny, but it was... Enough to have to share. Yeah. Enough to have everybody, to, to have some for everybody and and enough for mommy to say, eso mucho dulce para ti sola. Because, you know, I don't know if you remember, but at home we didn't eat a lot of candy. I mean, mommy thought pizza was chucheria, so <laughs> go figure. For some people, that's a meal. So that, that was the first... That was the first um, really sweet memory that I can remember. And then um, when we moved to New Brunswick, mommy, mommy found a friend of hers from Puerto Rico downtown, Belen. And she told her about this private school that she had her kids in because they wanted to put me in what they called the junior high school now, the junior high school then. They, now they call it the middle school. And it was the worst school in the district. So mommy told papi, Si ella tiene que ir para esa escuela, yo me voy para Puerto Rico otra vez. And so she finds this friend and they put me in this school where nobody speaks Spanish. And I just had like a really hard time. But Daisy, who was at, at the church, at Papi's church at that time, she might have been the only youth at that time because not even Orlando was at, in church yet. So Daisy was the daughter of mommy's best friend at the church, Mana Aurea. And they see she's a couple of years ahead of me in school and they will get to church early and Daisy will help me with my math. She was awesome. She was patient and she came she came every day that I can remember and she would come upstairs and we would sit at the table and we would do math together. So that was that was an amazing thing 
And then even after she was not in church, in our church in particular, as an adult, she told me when I graduated and I was going to go to college, she said, Isa, anything that you need typed, anytime that you need a, you need a paper typed, because we didn't have a typewriter at home and there was no computers back then just yet. Um, she was like, just just pass by the office. She she was a secretary for the public defenders. Pass by the office and I'll type anything you need typed, anything, just bring it to me. And surely enough, she get it done so quick. And I feel like, like I owe part of my bachelor's degree <laughs> to Daisy. And, and those things, those things really take precedent to even the negative things that happen in that lifetime of being in church as a pastor's kid. And well, you know more than, than, than anybody, because, um, when we came to New Brunswick, you were still a baby, uh, practically. And Papi, Papi was there 28 years, you know, so we saw a lot of people come and go, but you know, Daisy was just one of those people that even when she was not in church, she was there for us. And then the other stuff is, you know, the same thing that you probably experienced going to the to the conventions and the reuniones de pastore, where people are like, oh, mira, esa es la nena de Norberto. Tú no te tienes que parar en la fila, vente, vente, vente. Mm-hmm. You know, the, those little moments of privilege. Yeah. <laughs> that you know and and people knowing you and and people counting on you because you know that puppy's known for being very faithful and and being there when people need him right and and mommy mommy always she was like tú tienes que estar preparada en todo tiempo tú tienes que tener dos himnos tú tienes lo lo que sea lo que te pidan tú tienes que estar preparada para hacerlo Porque es para el Señor que tú lo vas a hacer. Like, I remember going to, like, big services, like, trimetrales, and going to, like, Encuentro con Dios. Mm-hmm. And, like, somebody didn't show up to direct the service, and they will come, mira, tú puedes hacer esto. Yo sé que tú no, no estás preparada porque... Yeah, they didn't know. Like, mom had us, like trained mm-hmm. I'm like Está bien, yo lo hago, you know and start the service and and just just take off from there you know those those are those are really positive things that that I think that translated well into the rest of instead of into the rest of our life and to the rest of my life when I started college it was really hard for me I was the first person not only in the house but in the church to go to school in that capacity um, to a four-year college. And it was hard. You know, mommy mommy was all gung-ho about it. Uh, But sometimes people, you know, they had negative things because to say, because they hadn't gone through that. They they didn't experience that. So I went to Rutgers. I graduated from Rutgers. Sometimes... Like I said, it was it was a little bit hard because like if I had night class, people from church would be like, Pero por qué tú tienes clase por la noche and, and día de servicio. And I'm like, well, because that's the class that I have to take. 
to to be able to graduate. We were surrounded by that kind of atmosphere, and I don't think I don't know. I don't think that maybe they were trying to be mean about it, but they just probably just didn't、mm-hmm. understand because there was nobody going to college. No, nobody, nobody. Like the 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 person that was a little bit older than me, they they quit high school in the ninth grade, and then the next person that was also my age, they also quit. And they went to get a job because they thought that that was what what was real life making money. Yeah, mommy, mommy was really, she was really gung ho about me finishing. And there was a time that I didn't wanna, I I wanted to quit because I was having a hard time the first year. And she was like, no, if you pass that test and they accepted you, out of seventy thousand people, they picked sixteen thousand, and you were in that in that number. Then that means that you can do this, and I told my counselor. I told my counselor I, what my mom said, and and he said we need her working in our office. <laughs> 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 we need her working in our office.、Um, so because it, it it's really hard, even today, for for Latinos to finish college. It's not that they don't get into college. It's hard for them to finish. For lots of different reasons, and I and I attribute all those skills to being in church and being involved in church. And sometimes, yeah, sometimes you get molded in fire. But Papi says that as as a jeweler, fire is really important to purify gold, and fire will burn everything else except for the gold. And then you can mold the gold into what you want it to be. If you want it to be a ring, if you want it to be a pin, if you want it to be an earring, but it has to go through that fire to get rid of everything. I I almost feel like like that time purified me to become the person that I am. Being a pastor's daughter is, from what I hear. It's a lot different than being a pastor's son. Looking back a little bit from when you were 21, and looking back as a pastor's daughter, on the flip side of of a good memory, what what would be a bad experience? I I think、um, you become more aware of differences as as you come into adolescence, and dressing was a big deal.、Um, your skirt had to be below your knees. Your your shirt couldn't pass your collarbone.、Hmm. Your sleeves had to be almost touching your elbows. So one of the memories that I remember was that one time, the one time that we went on vacation to Disney World, Papi bought me a T-shirt, a Mickey Mouse T-shirt, and it had a cap sleeve. And we went to visit somebody, another pastor, and the wife said. Mira, tú tienes que tener cuidado con lo que tú te pones. And I, I, I was like, what? Oh my god.、Um, so that that kind of caught me off guard, because I'm thinking if my father bought it for me, it can't be bad. Right, right. You know, and if my mom agreed to it, it can't be bad. We're good. Yeah, because really, mommy used to go shopping with us, and we would try stuff on. And she would look at us, and she would say, "Eso sí, eso no, 
and and she was she was she was the cop. Um, in that sense, she played the bad cop. <laughs> and so, in that sense, I was always very aware of what to wear all the time, and it didn't matter. Uh, in one of the podcasts, uh, I I heard another pastor's daughter say that she was the only girl in school with a jean skirt. And and Air Jordans. <laughs> Lucky her, she yeah, wore Air she got Jordans. Air Jordans, <laughs> Ashley. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, nope. I went to the store that I got sneakers for thirteen ninety nine, yeah. and those were the most expensive sneakers that I had. I remember in sixth grade, I had the cheapest sneakers in the classroom, and they were low tops red chucks that's when chucks were like 15 dollars a pop man show me where i can find chucks for 15 bucks right now i know and mommy will buy the shoes a little bit bigger so that they would last the whole school year <laughs> yeah <laughs> yep <laughs> yep and and i was not able to play any sports in school because Everything had to be done in pants. The teacher asked mom for special permission so I could wear sweatpants for gym class. Hmm. And I was specifically told by mom, those are for gym class, not before and not after. Hmm. I don't want anybody coming to tell me that they saw you in school walking in pants. And she wasn't kidding. She wasn't kidding because people nitpick. Yeah, people nitpick. I remember one time, one time, um, the consejera de jóvenes called me to the back to tell me that somebody told her that they saw me wearing lipstick in school. <laughs> and you know what it was? It was chapstick. Of course. It was chapstick. And I'm like, why are you asking me these questions? You know my mother. <laughs> And mom, mom was like, she was righteous. She was strict. So I, I think that that was like really pronounced um, for me, both as the oldest and as the only female. There was just nowhere to go when it came to that sense. And everything was scrutinized, even how much of my hair got trimmed off the bottom. Mm, tough. Yeah. That was serious stuff back then. And we know today that that's not how you measure holiness. Right. But that, that was that was their version of that. And that that was that was just that was ridiculous. The way the way that, that was and how how much that held back in some senses. Because, you know, now we do know you do want your kids to exercise because if your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, you want to keep it healthy. Right. You do want your kids to to participate in sports because it teaches them. It teaches them how to win. It teaches them how to lose. It teaches them how to pick themselves up after they lose. Right. It teaches them teamwork. It teaches them leadership. There's a lot that goes into just being in a team, whatever kind of team it is that, that you like. And, and I remember that one time after I started college, there was a time that I cried. Because, um, again, I was trying to do everything right. And, and I was the only one that was going to, to college. And I tried to talk 
after church in the youth group and nobody listened to me. They just turned to somebody else and started talking. And then like after it happened a couple of times, I asked, I was like, you know, what's going on? And and they told me, it's just that, you know, you think you're too good because you go to Rutgers. And I was like, what? Hmm. I'm the one being ousted, but I'm the one that thinks that I'm too good because I went to Rutgers? That, that's your reasoning? How is that possible? So that was hard for me. That was hard for me. And I remember crying. Yeah, that's tough. I remember crying. And, you know, there's nobody to compare yourself to because there's nobody else doing what you're doing either. And for mom, whatever the youth did, she was like, eso son tonteria. Eso son tonteria. But this, this was, this was my, my clique, my group per se. It, I don't know how to explain it. That was, that was ousting me. Yeah. Because they saw me as different. They saw me as different. And that hurt. I'm not going to lie. It hurt. But at the same time, it taught me to, to be my own person. That I didn't need to be like everybody else either. To go after my own dreams. That if I had the backing of my parents and my family, if I had the backing of God, because, you know, once again, we are the temple and therefore everything that is good for you it makes the temple better for that holy spirit that comes a long way for example what you said you're trying to talk to your buddies and and nobody wants to talk to you because now you go to Rutgers mm -hmm. and you know that brings to my mind they didn't know they didn't know they didn't have anybody to push them mm -hmm. and say hey do this mm -hmm. uh, i think you could do this um you have a talent I don't think yeah. that our parents pushed yeah. us that way because they were pastors. I think they just saw something in us. And as parents, they were smart enough to say, hey, I think you can you can do better than this. I think you can do better than that. Absolutely. And there was one thing that mommy and papi always used to say, look at what we've done. Imagine if we had been able to finish school. Yeah. It's that whole thing of living by example. And... And it's wonderful to see the good, the good that has come out of that, the good that has come out of that, the people that I mentioned, our own children. Speaking from my own experience, Rebecca is a published author. She, she writes poems. She's had one of her poems published in a book of poems. She had her poems um, published in an online magazine. Um, Benjamin is also a writer. He He's been to Scotland, he's been to Ireland in writing workshops with with world-renowned writers and they love what he's doing and he's in the process of writing a book and he's also in the process of getting um, his master's in writing and the, the writing that he does is fantasy, young adult fantasy and there there's hardly any programs for that so his master's counts as a master's and a PhD. Hmm. That's awesome to see Elise just finish her master's from Columbia University in public health. And and we still lead by example because Ben Ben is Ben is a forever student. Even when he's not in school, he's still studying. There's books everywhere in the house about everything. There's probably 
you stole some children's book somewhere in a box. We we move on and forward, you know. Eh, and some people in Puerto Rico say, Palante aunque el burro se espante. And in church we say, Palante para el cielo. <laughs> so we, we keep working and we keep moving onward. As you go on, speaking about how things went in your life, the reaping of being a pastor's kid is not that bad. No, it's not that bad. Isa, I just want to thank you for taking this time and chatting and letting us in and sharing your experiences with us. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you for inviting me. I'm happy to share my part of the story. Like you said, there's four of us and four of us can remember different things and, and share different stages. Until next time. Blessings and peace. Hey guys, hope you enjoyed the show and don't forget to subscribe. Thank you.